The ashes seemed to go on forever. A thin layer at first, very much like a gentle coating of gray, clinging snow. Deep enough, if only just, to retain the imprints of passing feet, or would have had there been any. After barely a few finger-widths, however, the fine particles began to compress suddenly and swiftly. A light dusting became a shifting grit, then a sucking mire, and below even that the ash had lain so deep for so long it had condensed into a layer as unyielding as any earthen crust. If this world even had a surface beyond the omnipresent dust and cinders, it was buried so utterly that it would never again appear to the living. It filled the air as well, that ash, casting a constant veil across the face of the horizon. It diffused the light into perpetual dusk, blotting out the lingering embers of what had once been a sun. For those rare few Unfortunate enough to pass through, it smelled of burnt oils and singed meats, clung to the nostrils and throat in an oily film. The wind was perpetual across the barren land, unimpeded by mountain or forest or wall, refusing to ever let the choking soot settle. Equally constant, audible over the roaring winds, only if one made the effort to listen, came the tolling of an impossible and impossibly distant bell. It could not exist, did not exist anywhere in this blasted realm. Only a lingering echo of what once was, it sounded not so much in the ears as in the memory. Not merely a dead world, this, but a murdered one. What wide and varied life had once thrived here was long since stripped away, leaving nothing behind but death. And more recently, death. He stood at the edge of a colorless dune before a squat, rounded structure little more than a blister in the ashes, browned and pitted with age. Even the wind-swept soot seemed unwilling to touch him, rushing around him in short, sharp flurries. The soles of his age-worn boots remained atop even the flimsiest layer of packed ash, as though he were weightless, or, perhaps again, it was merely that the ash wanted nothing to do with him. Hair as black as a demon's shadow hung to his shoulders in matted, greasy locks. Below them, torn and stained streamers of bruised violet fabric whipped and trailed from the back of his belt, perhaps the only remnants of what had once been a tunic or cloak, perhaps something more. The dark leathers and piecemeal armor he wore from the waist down, and the fraying strips that wrapped his palms and forearms were equally grimy and unkempt. The skin of his exposed torso, shrunk tight over a wiry frame, was the dull gray of a corpse, even without the filth in the air. Only the deeply scored mask hiding his face from all creation still retained some semblance of cleanliness of its original bone white. The gaping sockets, through which eyes of burning orange gleamed unblinking, and the mask's general shape were enough to evoke a skull in any viewer's imagination. The lack of mouth, or most other features, somehow made it even worse. No sentient being remained anywhere in this world to gaze upon him, and the ash-choked air would have made him almost impossible to see, even if there were. And still he did not remove the mask, had not, in fact, even given thought to the possibility. 
It was a part of him now, an immutable barrier between who he was and who he once had been. Death stood, his hands raised before him, his mask shuddering slightly as his mouth formed constant silent chants. The magics of the oldest horseman swept through the winds, delving deep into the ash, and where nothing lived, the ancient dead responded. Bones, petrified by time and stained by soot, worked and wiggled like snakes on their way to the surface. They punched through to open air, rearing into a veritable thicket and slowly pressing themselves tightly together. They danced, however, briefly to an orchestra that only death could hear. Long since dried to flecks of powder, the blood of a thousand corpses transformed once more to liquid, sluicing and bubbling from the depths. Where the bones did not fit perfectly together, that blood surged into the gap, mixing with ambient ash to form a thick, viscous mortar. And where the macabre construction required more meticulous handling than the raw materials could manage, there appeared death's helpers, ghouls, the desiccated corpses of beings never native to this world, materialized from the ether, reanimated, and drawn through the walls between realms by the horseman's will.' 